WNYC Studios. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the subterfuge episode. My name is Glenn Washington. Now in sports, you hear incessantly about the legendary players that define the game. This hero worship is supported by a rabid base of fans, but you've gotta be a pretty hardcore fan to become a legend in your own right. I love football, which is American soccer to you guys. It's our national game. I fell in love with the game when I was about six, seven years old. I left school, take a ball, take it up the road, play in the garages with my mates, pretending I was scoring the winning goal at Wembley, which is every schoolboy's dream. I remember in 1975, I watched the cup final on the TV. It was a game between West Ham United and Fulham. And West Ham went on to win 2-0. The From that day on, I decided I was going to follow West Ham. It became a bit massive love affair. And went to every game home and away. I have tattoo on my right arm. It's a massive West Ham emblem with West Ham Till I Die written on it. It was July in 1994. I'm 22 years old. I'm a self-employed courier. And it's a pre-season fixtures for West Ham. And my mate Chunk, he, he called me up and he said, Steve, do you fancy going over to watch the game tonight? Yeah, why not? You know, any chance to go and watch the Hammers. I'm bringing Kelly, which was his missus. And uh, no problem, I'll bring Kelly, which is my missus too, which is quite funny because Chunk's real name is Steve. And I'm Steve too. So we got into the car. Um, had a couple of little cans with us. Picked up a packet of cigarettes. And off we went to Oxford City. We arrived at the game and then we found ourselves a little spot right next to the dugout where the managers sit and the team were warming up and our manager at the time, Harry Redknapp, he was on the sidelines directing a few bits. It's at times like that when you look at them and you think, oh, I wish I was out there with them. You know, they tanned, highly paid. You wish you was a professional footballer then, but sometimes, you know, you have to think back and say, you know, the only reason why I'm not playing out there because I wasn't good enough, so you have to settle for that, really. Then the team went down to get their full kit on for the game. It's traditional by West Ham supporters that we sing our famous online thread of blowing bubbles. I'm Then uh, they come along with Oxford City, they all come out together and um, they all set up to kick off. West Ham started off quite well. Um, we went one end up in the match quite early on. And even though it's a pre-season game, you, you, the players do go in hard, as it were, and they tackle hard and they, they fight for every ball. We had an attack and our left winger went down the left wing and he crossed the ball. Lee Chapman was going up for it. Lee Chapman's our striker for West Ham. And he was around about the six-foot mark. And he went up against the defenders, probably about five-foot-four. The defender beat him in the air, and as Lee Chapman came down, he fell on his knees. Now, this happened probably twice, two, three times in the first half. Um, I think after about the second time is when I decided I must tell Lee how he's playing football. Come on, Chapman, get off your backside. 
Chapman, why are you falling over so much? Get up, Chapman, you donkey. You're useless. There you go. And then I did catch the eye of our manager, Harry Radnap. He caught my eye, and I said, what are we playing him for, mate? Come on, get him off the pitch, you know? So I ain't coming again next season if he's playing. He's rubbish, Harry. But I was just giving him a hard time. Even when he went near the ball, I booed him. Don't touch the ball, it's not for you. I personally didn't think he was trying. And if a player doesn't try on a football pitch, he deserves the wrath of a football fan, I think. And then the first half ended, and the team went off into the dressing room for refreshments and a pep talk. Chunk ran back to the car and grabbed a couple of cans of beer that was left for us for our refreshments for half time. And all of a sudden, the team started coming out for the second half. Within about two minutes, um, Chapman went in for a ball. He actually went in for a tackle, I was quite surprised. And he came off second best, and he had a nasty bang on into his shin. He was hobbling off, and at that point, I gave a big cheer. Yay, see you later, donkey. And as I do that, I look out the corner of my eye. Harry Redknapp turned round and started walking over to me. And he goes, do you reckon you can play as good as you talk? What do you mean? Do you want to play? You, If you think you can play better than Chapman, you can come on. And I thought he was calling me bluff. Yeah, no problem, I'll do it. But no, he dragged me over the barrier, sent me down the changing rooms to go and get changed. My friend Chunk couldn't believe it, and a few other West Ham fans around there were like, all open mouth, going, what the hell's going on? So I went down there with a kit man. Yeah, got me full kit on, and he said, what size boots are you? I said, size nine. So he took some boots out of this big basket, put my boots on, put my shin pads on, and I thought, no, this can't be happening. I'm not going to be playing for West Ham. I got West Ham tattoos all my life, and everything I do, I lived and breathed West Ham. It's just going to happen. Am I going to play for West Ham? We came out of the dressing room to quite a big cheer from like me West Ham people. My friends are all laughing because they've seen me play football before. But even then, even when me and the kit man come out of the dressing room, I didn't think I was going to go out and play football for my team. Walked up to where Harry Redknapp was and he said, where do you play? I normally play defence, uh, right back defender. And I said, well, I'll play striker. He said, right, you're on then. And that was it. He called the ref. The ref was Roger Milford, the famous referee in England at the time. He signalled to the ref, and the ref said, come on in. Redknapp patted me on the back. On you go, son. Do your best. As I went on, we got radio reporters for Oxford City Football Club, and they do the announcing. And this guy ran up to Harry Redknapp, and he said, uh, Harry, who's, in, who's the lad you just put on? And Harry Redknapp turned around and said to him, ain't you been watching the World Cup? That's a Bulgarian, Titishayev. And this Oxford chap said, oh, I thought it was him. And off he went. Striker, the Bulgarian Titty Shayev. And as I stepped out onto the pitch, the crowd noise disappeared. It's true what the players say. When they say, did you hear the crowd chanting your name? And they said, well, no, you don't. It's really weird. I did not hear any of my friends at all after that. And all I kept thinking to myself was, don't f*** up, Steve. Just don't f*** up. So the play started and um, I went in for a tackle. I didn't win the tackle, the defender done me. Then Lee Chapman messed the ball up a dozen times in the first half, so I think we're quite equal on there. 
And then I think it was about 10 minutes into the game, our centre-half, Alvin Martin, he's a big six-foot-three bloke. He struck a ball, probably went about 50, 60 yards, and it came at me like a rocket. Four or five foot up in the air as it got to me, and all I kept thinking, I've got to stop, I've got to trap this, all in a split second. And I did, I trapped it underneath my foot, and then I passed it on <laughs> to Trevor Morley, our striker, who shot wide. Imagine playing flag football with your friends and on a Saturday morning in America. Then on a Sunday evening, you go out and play professional football with Miami Dolphins. That's exactly how it was for me. It was then it kind of hit me that I was actually playing for my beloved West Ham. I thought, I'm only going to do this once, let's go and enjoy it. And yeah, I did, considering I'd been smoking and drinking before the game, I thought I was doing OK. And played a couple of uh, passes to our strike partner at the time, Trevor Morley. Received some, a pass from Joey Beecham, a million-pound player. It's not every day you get that, is it? And, uh, yeah, and started to get into the swing of things. And then uh, a big moment appeared. Our left winger ran down the left wing and kicked the ball into the penalty area, which went close to the goalkeeper. It's kind of seemed a bit slow motion to me, but I thought this is my chance. And I ran on, ran between the two defenders and suddenly found myself in front of the goal with the goalkeeper in front of me only to beat. The ball landed right in front of me and I thought, this is my moment. This is my moment to score for West Ham. And there's only one place this ball is going, top left-hand corner. I pulled my right leg back, my calf tensed up, my foot connected sweetly with the ball. And boy, have I never hit a ball so hard. I put it straight into the top corner. And there was, that's, and that's probably the only time I did hear the crowd. They did cheer, and I was, I was gone. I was up around the corner flag, <laughs> which was right near where my friends and my partner were standing. And I ran over to them, arms aloft, and I'd done the little jig, jumped up in the air, punched the air. It was just all surreal. I've just scored a goal for West Ham. I could not believe it. That was probably the best feeling in the world. As it's for football, we have to restart the game and crack on, and when West Ham went on to win 5-2. The full-time whistle went. I started shaking players' hands for the opposition. And uh, got into the dressing with all the players and it was a bit surreal, some of the players, especially Alvin Martin, he come up and he smacked me on the head affectionately, saying, well done, Steve. But most of them were quite surprised that I actually scored the goal. And Harry Redknapp came up to me, patted me on the back, said, well done, son. And I said, am I going to get a contract? And he laughed at me. I took my boots off, threw my boots into the boot basket. And I asked the kit man if I can have my, my top. And he said, no, we need it for the next game. So I grabbed my shirt that I had on before the game and put it over my West Ham shirt and kept it. And I left in a hurry, yeah. And I said goodbyes and he said thank you and walked up the side of the pitch where my friends were. Chunk, he gives me the biggest man her cuddle I have ever had. He's so buzzy that I've just played for West Ham. And we got back into the car and uh, drove back home, got in and went to bed. It was work the next day, and that's the reality of uh, being a professional footballer for just one half. 
And that is the legend of Steve Davies. Next on Snapchat. Wait, no, just a moment, just a moment. Well, actually, that's how the legend goes. But the truth in the matter is, well, when I ran away to celebrate my goal, I looked over and saw the linesman with his flag in the air and the referee signalling it wasn't a goal. I was actually two yards offside when I scored that goal. When I ran over to the referee, I put my arm around him. I said, that was my moment, you And he gave me a big smile. And off we went to kick off again. That's the true legend of Steve Davis. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Davies, for sharing your story with the Snap. And a special thanks to Jeff Mace for bringing us that story. For more on the Halftime Hero, we'll have a link to Jeff's story in Howler Magazine on our website, snapjudgment.org. That story was produced by Davy Kim. It's that time. So revel in the knowledge that you, dear listener, are one of the few, the chosen, who know what's happening. Let the record reflect you're one of us. And if you missed even a moment of Snap Judgment Storytelling, subscribe to the incredible storytelling podcast with stories that will leave you wandering around the field in the middle of the night wondering, how did I get here? I know how you got here. Remember, with all that's going on in the world, Snap Judgment battles evil one story at a time. SnapJudgment.org. Snap was produced by the team with more secrets than sense. Especially this guy, through producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. Soft shoe Pat Masidi Miller. Anna, multilingual Sussman. Renzo, Black Box Gorio. Codebreaker Eliza Smith. Nancy, Too Tall Lopez. Aviza Can't Quit Egan. Liz, Can't Not Quit Matt. Leon the Mask, Morimoto, John, Cat Burglar for Seal, Tail, Slingshot to Cot, and Jasmine. No prisoners, Aguilera. And even though, even though this is not the news, no way is this news. In fact, you can hide from the bad guys in a secret closet only to discover, oh no! It locked from the outside, and you would still not be as far away from the news as this is, but this is WNYC.